Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is part two of a three-part series in conversation with Start the Conversation. Welcome to episode 62, act two, Make Space, Give Grace, recorded March 9th, 2023. Screaming about irrevocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie but they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out and the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for old people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Hey, hey, TA audience. Welcome to Teaching Artistry. This podcast is researched, recorded, and produced on the unceded lands, water, and air, stewarded by the Canarsie and Muncie Lenape peoples in what is colonially known as Brooklyn, New York. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for supporting this indie podcast. Invite your peeps, colleagues, and friends to join our community and subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast player. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and head over to teachingartistry.org to access episodes, guest bios, our e-zines, merch, and more. The Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body Pod Squad is proud to partner with New York City Children's Theater in a series called In Conversation with Start the Conversation. This series highlights three of the Start the Conversation resource topics, and in this act, we focus on exploring gender. This panel features Caitlin McCain and collaboration colleague Linz Amer. Linz is a queer multimedia creative, a podcaster, and an author. Here is episode 62, act two, Make Space, Give Grace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Artistry Podcast. This podcast celebrates artists, culture, and equity. And we're here to spotlight New York City Children's Theater's Start the Conversation programming that provides resources for grown-ups to support having ongoing conversations with kids around large and nuanced topics, um, such as race, racism, immigration, politics, mental health, LGBTQ plus identities, and much more. So for this panel discussion, which is kind of new and exciting for us, um, we haven't done one of these in a while, we're going to focus on uh, the topic of gender. So let's go around and share your name, pronouns, and your role in relation to this work. Who wants to start? 
I can start. Cool. Okay. Hi, uh, my name is Caitlin McCain. I use she, her pronouns at New York City Children's Theater. I am a teaching artist. I'm the education associate for public engagement, and I am the creator of Start the Conversation. Hiya, everyone. My name is Linz Amer. I use they, them pronouns. I am a multi-hyphenate of many hats, mostly doing work through my organization called Queer Kid Stuff. But for the purposes of today, I was a consultant and uh, I guess teaching artist, writer, helper person <laughs> with the New York City Children's Theater on this project. Excellent. And I'm Courtney and uh, she, her. So let's talk about it. Uh, how did you come to create these resources and very specifically around this particular topic? And then Lynn's based on what you just talked about, how does your work actually connect and impact this project? Yeah. Um, so as our many start the conversation topics, uh, usually for me, they stem from some kind of personal connection um, in some way. So this was an initial personal connection that branched out. So um, I identify as a queer, lesbian, cis woman. Um, and I was doing, um, we have a proud read aloud series that we do every June for pride. Um, and it features teaching artists in the LGBTQ plus community reading queer children's books. Um, so we were doing that and it was really exciting and it got me thinking, there's just so much more to talk about, you know, it's great to share the books and to have families watching these with their young people. Um, but what about when the young people have questions? Um, so we decided to do a start the conversation on it. Um, and whenever determining like what conversation we're going to have, we always ask the question, you know, what voices should be centered here? Um, in this conversation. Um, and in LGBTQ plus conversations, it felt most important to be centering and uplifting trans and non-binary voices um, in this conversation. Um, so when I was working on the Proud Read Aloud series, I was looking like, okay, what other outside resources can we, you know, attach to these videos? And I found Linz and Queer Kids stuff uh, and was just blown away. Um, and deeply inspired by it um and asked the question of like okay there's someone out here doing this really stinking well <laughs> um how do we add to it and uplift it not try to do it better because uh, i'm not going to do it better than lynn's <laughs> um so i reached out uh over instagram uh thank goodness for dms and uh we connected and initially about you know plugging queer kids stuff in the read aloud series. And then a few months later, I think um, about creating the conversation and Linz was our, our core collaborator on that um, along with uh, another artist, um, Bryn Asha Walker um, was our, our other collaborator, but Linz really steered the ship. So Linz, yeah. you, yeah, you got, you got that outreach, that DM. I know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sliding my DMs. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to do it. Yeah. Sometimes that's just how relationships in, in like professional collaborations got to happen. Um, so I've been doing queer work for kids for a long time now. I really started doing it in undergrad. So like 
2014 era um, and have really kind of grown my work ever since. Started my web series, Queer Kid Stuff, in 2016. And yeah, that's been like the core of my work. <laughs> I consult on lots of different things. And I mean, I'm, I'm queer and trans non-binary and it really stems from, you know, wanting to make work that I wish I had when I was a kid. And uh, I've just uh, really honed in on that niche. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at it. And I think I'm well respected within that niche. And uh, I love working with other companies that are going to uplift these narratives because uh, maybe you'd be unsurprised to hear that they're few and far between in these kinds of opportunities. Um honestly, particularly in TYA and children's theater. Um, so I was really, my background is in theater for young audiences. Um, that was, I did the undergrad program in Northwestern and studied under Reese Collins and Betsy Quinn and folks like that. And uh, really thought I was going to have a long and splendid career within children's theater and found that the work that I wanted to do, LGBT um, narratives and characters and stories, uh, really just didn't exist in children's theater for the most part. And uh, kind of had to go off on my own and find digital media and lots of other spaces for me to be in. And I was really excited to get Caitlin's um, message because I'd been wanting to kind of dip my toes back into the TYA world. And uh, this was a wonderful opportunity. And hopefully you're not hearing my dogs going absolutely wild in the background. <laughs> so, so once you'd made that connection, you started to to talk, you already had a basis because of the, the Pride Month, right? So, and the work that you were already doing. Um, and I'll just tie in this other question around like, so what was the process? And ultimately what were in those discussions and that process, what were you hoping the impact would be for the audiences? That's a throwback. <laughs> I think we, I think this is almost exactly a year ago. I think um, so too. Yeah. That we were, were making this. Well, we met over Zoom to talk about what, what our, I think our, our entrance point into it was. Yeah. And obviously you were already working with books and right. that is a space that like, has been actually really robust or has been growing in kind of like LGBTQ plus like topic driven um, picture books. And it's like one of the only spaces where there actually is a lot of content, which is wonderful. Um, and so I was, uh, I get a lot of books sent to me. I have relationships with lots of different authors. Um, and it's a big part of what I do is uh, using books and using, I'm also an author and it's a world that I'm in quite a bit. And I was excited to be able to like pick the books with you and figure out how we wanted to scaffold a conversation around kind of like a, a, a couple of different books. And I thought that that was really exciting that question around life imitating art or art imitating life, right? Like there are, you know, very active efforts to repress um, the LGBTQ um, community, specifically non-binary and trans um, folk. And, and in these conversations or knowing that that oppressive sort of rhetoric is coming at us and in, in all sorts of places, including banning books, um, what are what are you hoping beyond like what the you know a, a particular potential like family unit or um you know kids and adults to be able to have these conversations on an intimate level what are you hoping will be the the impact um or how do you find hope within all of that i guess 
I think that actually is a hope of start the conversation, thinking about if we can start with the individual, how can that grow in a community? Um, because with there being such an act of repression and banning of these stories and histories and identities and people, um, with Start the Conversation being a free and public resource, the hope is, is that if you're not getting this education, these access to these books, uh, conversations about these topics at school, or you can't get them at school, or you're you're not getting them from your teachers for whatever reason, be it because your state has laws against it or because your teachers just are not on that wavelength yet, that this is a resource that folks have access to everywhere, no matter what. And I, that's why we translate our guides in they're translated in Spanish and simplified Chinese so that there are multiple communities who have access to this information. Um, because we know it's not everywhere and we don't want it to be behind a paywall. We don't want it. Um, we want it to be as, as accessible as possible, <laughs> as little work, a few Google words um, that will bring someone here, even if it's an older young person, right? You know, if it's a 12, 13 year old who's Googling, I want them to come here um, and know that there are folks making content for them that represents them that will educate um, folks who are not in the trans non-binary LGBTQ plus community as well. Um, yeah, that, so my hope is that it starts small and gets bigger, that there are resources outside of the big that we have, because the big like schools are not exactly uh, coming along for the ride too quickly. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, I have hope for a lot of things. I, I have hope for my work and building a career that like will actually give me livelihood because opportunities are still, still too scarce for people who like me, who just want to tell stories and like be an artist. And I am not allowed to do that most of the time by the powers that be and people who have resources and money because people don't understand how to talk about gender and sexuality with young people, even in the context of fiction and children's storytelling. And we can see right now, I, you know, <laughs> with the drag story hour and uh, bans against trans healthcare and targeting trans kids, like it's really intense right now. And I think for a long time, it's kind of stayed under the radar. Um, and there's a lot of public scrutiny right now that's extremely detrimental. And so my hope is to move out of this like pretty horrific moment into a place where the voices um, who understand what we're talking about when we talk about transness and queerness and that, you know, young people know who they are uh, and can understand these ideas and these identities and the possibilities for themselves, that we can move to a place where those voices are louder than dissenters and the, and the haters, right? Um, and we can move toward thriving and like having stories like, you know, a trans boy as a tr protagonist of a show, <laughs> like, just, like, and that seems so small because it is it's mundane right like I'm looking for like the mundanity of queerness and transness within children's storytelling and like I 
hope for a day when like my work with queer kid stuff, like doing like very specifically like queer centered work for kids is dated. Like that's what I hope for. And I hope, I mean, this is very macro. <laughs> I hope to see that in my lifetime. Um, but it's the, it's little projects like this that are the steps that we need to get there and the, the influence and the, you know, introducing kids to these topics, but also introducing adults into how to talk about these things with their kids and bring them up in conversations. Um, yeah, that's a good plug for my book called Rainbow Parenting that's out on May 30th. <laughs> that's a queer and uh, gender affirming parenting book. Um, and it talks all about strategies for doing that. That's wonderful. Uh, I look forward to seeing that book. Um Kaylin, can you explain what is the mission of New York City Children's Theater? Is this work a departure from that mission or a natural progression? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, I think it is both a natural progression and a departure. Um, I think we really only grow when we depart. <laughs> um, but in in many ways, it is first a progression, right? Um, so New York City Children's Theater's mission is to promote children's literacy and social development um, through accessible theater productions and arts and education programs, this falling under the arts and education programs. Um, but we're talking about literacy and this series specifically, most of the series are directly connected as Lindsay was talking about to a piece of children's literature, that that's our way in. Um, and in its departure, I think, you know, our mission talks about social development. Um, and that has meant a lot of things in the history of education. And I think right now, in this moment, we are not giving our young people space to develop socially if we're not having these conversations. Um, so that's how I feel it is a progression and a departure from maybe the more traditional, what we mean by social development, how are we feeling today, the social emotional, um, and how do our identities and the way we're interacting with each other and each other's identities, um, how does that become a part of that development? Start the Conversation is a page on New York City Children's Theater's website. So um, as I mentioned earlier, it's a free uh, and public resource. Um, so you can, um, you can visit nychildrenstheater.org and you'll, find, you'll see a thing that says Start the Conversation. And if you make your way to the Exploring Gender page, um, you'll see a layout that we try to make it... Um, like step by step of you know who this video may be helpful for the questions we'll explore in the video um, and some things that you can do before watching um, and all of those are um, either done by me and Linz um, and you know talking about what are some things that might be useful before you go into this conversation and framing it and also from the child psychologists that we've worked with um, so you know what are how are you regulating yourself? What's the environment going into bigger conversations? Um, and then from there, there's this is a four-part series. It's our one of our most robust. Um, there's an introduction video where we introduce the folks we'll be going on this exploration with. Uh, so you'll see me, um, Linz, and then our collaborator, Branasha Walker. Um, and then there's the three-part series with three different books. So we use They, She, He, Me, Free to Be 
by Maya and Matthew um, Gonzalez, I believe is their last name. Um, and then um, another amazing book, Star, uh, From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea uh, by Kai Ching Tong. Um, and then our third and final, which is Lindsay's video, um, When Aiden Became a Brother by Kyle Lukoff. And um, they're kind of scaffolded for different age ranges too. So they, she, he, me, Pray to be starts a little younger, talking about pronouns. And then we've got some middle uh, ages there with From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea. Um, and then when Aiden became a brother, um, a little older on that older end, about fifth, sixth grade there. Um, and they're all done through theater explorations. And right under that, you'll find a resource guide, and that's specifically for adults so that they can continue their learning. Um, you know, what books should I be reading? What articles can I go to? Where can I continue engaging with my young person? Um, and an activity guide. So um, what are some activities if you're a teacher, you're an educator, you can pull some of those and do them in your classroom. And perhaps my favorite uh, resource on this guide uh, or on this um, project is Linz's definition page. Uh, that is what we've received the most feedback on of like, this is great. <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, child-friendly language that adults can also process, right? Like these are for both, these are for young people and adults together, right? We're learning together. Um, and so that's a great downloadable. You can print it, have it in your, you know, classroom folder, have it in your, you know, your drawer at home of when these questions come up, you know, that it's right there. Um, yeah. And so that's that's what's on this specific conversation. That's awesome. Um, I, I think I have three things to respond to that, I think. First is uh, how organized. That's actually, that's not the first thing, but that, I just know how organized. Um, and I have, I have a question is, uh, Linz, is your book or is there a plan to put, add your book to that page? I don't know. Caitlin, is there a plan oh. to add my book? <laughs> oh, there sure is. <laughs> so we will be relaunching this series um, in June uh, for Pride Month um, to uplift these resources. Once again, we'll update our resource guide. And of course, Adlin's amazing book, Rainbow Parenting, to the God, list. I think it's amazing, even though you haven't read it. Oh, no. But I know the <laughs> podcast is amazing. Plug, plug. Also, another amazing podcast, Rainbow Parenting. Um, I know it's amazing because you're amazing. Uh, and therefore you are writing something amazing. Um, and we also, we have the opportunity to collaborate this summer with some an amazing um, Start the Conversation, Queer Kids stuff, live performance opportunities. So more to come. Yeah, more to come for sure. The other day I was watching a video <laughs> with Laverne Cox, who was being interviewed by uh, a host who um, self-identified as a, um, a, a black gay man. And really, they were having a large conversation about pronouns, specifically they. And I'm not going to say everything that Laverne Cox said, but um, uh, to summarize, uh, Laverne said, you know, at first I was having trouble, but I had to like really interrogate myself about why. And then at the end of the day, and then, you know, talked and talked very eloquently about like all, all the different points of view and the why and the, at the end of of the whole sort of sharing she said you know 
what does it, what would, what would be the harm (laughs) of just respecting people when they're saying I'd like to be called this? What's the harm? Like just, even if you don't understand it, like maybe by put, by doing it, it will help you to understand. And I just thought, wow, like, I wonder if LeBron Cox knows about this work because this, this is, this is that. Okay. So that, so then I was thinking about adults and kids. Right. And, and now I'm this is my second point to connect this to TYA about some of the, be- like theater itself is supposed to, um, good theater is supposed to beget questions, right. From the audience to, in my estimation, TYA is theater, except the the um spectrum of the audience is much wider but that the best TYA or theater you know really reaches everybody in that audience potentially on different levels but we're all um touched or impacted in some capacity and so the way Caitlin I think you were the one who were ta- who was talking about like you know provide providing a place where we can all engage in in the, these resources and all engage regardless of whether I'm a grown up or a kid that to me feels very connected to how I feel at least around TYA in this work. And then my third point was, um, I, I don't talk about this a lot, but I, I, I identify as, as part of the queer community and definitely in solidarity. I feel like I'm still also constantly in a learning mode and um, I'm fascinated. Not that I know a lot about language in general. Like I'm not a, like a, what are these linguists? Who, like love, like yeah, not linguists, but there's a there's a person who like loves words. That's not a linguist, right? Anyway, or like people who know, like like yeah, who like know the etymology of words and like you know, just know a lot about. Oh, it's a book lover, bibliophile's book lover, <laughs> linguophile. I feel like would be the right yeah. Like one. my dad was a, a probably a linguophile, like really knew words, but like I just made up that. What? Word, but... Sure, um, but <laughs> but one of the things that I have been very very like top of mind is how language much like technology moves so fast and and in 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 talking about resistance and and creating um ways to center like language can't be static but we but we meaning the humans want things to just be in a box and like i know it now i can move on but that's actually not the way (laughs) that's not the way this works and so you know being able to sort of say i don't understand it yet but i'm gonna try it on i'm gonna try i'm gonna try (laughs) um and to have something like start the conversation specifically around gender or any of the other topics like there just feels like the idea of creating some softer spaces to try feels more possible yeah absolutely no i agree and i think um to a couple things that just came up that like i hesitate to call my work kids work because i think it's all ages work and when i say all ages i mean intergenerational specifically um and i think that that is something I agree with you that like really resonates with me and has resonated with me around like quote unquote children's storytelling and TYA is that it, I think it speaks to all ages and all generations. And I think it's what's so unique about the work when it's good. <laughs> um, and what you're speaking to just now of these like softer spaces. And like, I mean, I think that ultimately it comes down to 
decolonizing our minds because, you know, non-binary identity has existed for centuries before um, colonization and white supremacy told us about those binary boxes and forced them onto our human experience because nature is queer, nature is non-binary. And uh, I think that our the language throughout history reflects that. And it's been erased from our history books. And we're just, it's about coming back to it. Right. And I think that softness and that ability to understand that is is really important and giving ourselves grace for deprogramming ourselves a little bit. Um, any last thoughts before we wind down? I have so, I have this thought in my head that I'm trying very hard not to say because it's takes us way out left. OK, can I just say it? Because now I've said it. Um yeah. Do you remember the the pictures of the the nebula that were like the mountains? Do you remember those space images that came out a couple months ago? And everybody was like enthralled with it. And now there's like MZ Wallace, which is a bag company, has it on their bags. Okay. Um, When that came out, I had this moment where I was like, I feel like I know this. And then I went to all the, like the the sci-fi and Afrofuturism and and I went and I was like I wonder what if what if all of that is not fiction? What if it's a memory? And when you just talked about like it's about coming back to something that really has always existed. That's, that's a really cool way of looking at sci-fi <laughs> yeah. i love that i think queer futurism afrofuturism i'm so into all that stuff i also have really gotten into astrology over the last couple of years mm-hmm. and like thinking about stars and like we're just all star stuff when it comes down to it and like yeah i don't know <laughs> we're getting we're getting off topic here but uh yeah or are I, we getting I, on topic mm-hmm. you know like is that not really where we're moving yeah this the, i mean read the star of the stars in the sky fish in the sea i feel, feel like it'll get you there truly yeah go watch bryn read that book and that's that's all you'll need perfect well i want to thank you both caitlin Linz, for joining me and thank you for creating this work that focuses on centering identities uh that need centering Thank you for listening to Episode 62, Act 2 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body in conversation with Start the Conversation. Make space, give grace. Join us next time for Act 3. This podcast is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the Director of Creative Content. Jono Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org and head to the pod shop at the top of the page for merch. Find us on Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast. And now on YouTube, check out the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body channel and watch We Can't Go Back. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud and Spotify, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life. Let's start it up now. Let's start it up now. Let's start it up now.